Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're listening to Griefcast with me, Cariad Lloyd. Griefcast is a place to talk, share and laugh about the peculiar human process of death and grief. Each week I talk to a different person about their experiences of grief and death as we remember someone that they have lost along the way. Whether it was a long time ago or you've just joined the club. Welcome to Griefcast. Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Griefsters. Hope you're having an okay week. Thank you so much for your lovely messages about the new series. It's hugely appreciated. Um, like, thank you for choosing to spend your podcast time with the Griefcast. It really, really does mean a lot. If you have been enjoying the show, please do rate, review or subscribe. It really does mean more people know about the show, which means it's easier for me to keep on making it. So I really, really do appreciate that. If you've done that already, thank you so much. This week, I'm talking to the incredible writer, Yuande Omotoso. Yuande is the author of Bomb Boy and The Woman Next Door, which was long listed for the Bailey's Women Prize for Fiction, as well as a variety of other incredible awards that she was nominated for. She has a new book out now called An Unusual Grief. We talk about it a little bit at the start of the show. It's a fiction book. It's a bit different to the books that we've covered on the podcast before, but it's a beautiful piece of writing. I really, really enjoyed it. It's just it's just really good writing and happens to talk about grief. So you definitely don't have to be in the club to enjoy it. But if you are, I think you will you'll relate to it on a deeper level. Yuande spoke to me about her mum, Marguerite, who passed away from cancer in 2003. Yuande, it's it's such a good book thank you oh, well, oh thank you oh. and the fact you just i just found out you're an architect and i'm sort of not surprised because the writing is so precise oh, wow. like i was thinking about it this morning and i was like what is it that, like i really like about this writing what is it and i was like oh, it's very it's very clean and precise but not in a cold way you know like it's really you feel like you really can see everything but it's not like sometimes you get that cold detail where you're like, oh, I mean, I don't really care about the people, but I really understand where they are. But you really care. Oh, my God. Thank um, you so much. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. And I get sent a lot of books about grief. And often they're not fiction, you know. Often mm, it's more like someone's story, very personal. So it is, we should say, it's a fiction. A one, Yeah, an amazing story. Um, 
And yeah, so it's just it's just come out. But you were just saying you haven't even been able to hold a copy yet. Not yet. I'm here in Joburg, and you know, just in terms of printers and the post, I haven't yeah. like, been able to hold an actual copy in my head. Wow. I don't. I don't want to give too much away, but um, it's about a mother just dealing with the grief of her daughter. Mm. And I think sometimes with books as well, you know, people could be like, oh gosh, that sounds. Oh, that sounds a bit. You know, do I want to read that? <laughs> and it's so. It's not what you think, I suppose. It's not. It's, you know, an unravelling of a person who's not there anymore and someone trying to discover it. But I think if anyone has grieved, they will obviously relate to that feeling of your world being turned very much upside down. Yes, yes. And what you say is interesting because a close friend of mine keeps saying, oh, I wish I wish we could have said other things on the, on the jacket cover because it's so not the typical book. People hear yeah. unusual grief or they, well, there's the unusual part. I would hope people notice, yes. but she thinks yeah. she said it's really not what you would imagine. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll remember that when I'm talking about the book. <laughs> yeah. Cause it's not that kind of, again, cause I get sent so many books on grief and mm. you know, there's a kind of different categories of some people have had extraordinary tragedy and that's what the book is about. Or, mm. um, you know, someone just sort of memoir memoiring their grief, but it, it's really, yeah, it is hard to describe. But it's sort of like a woman discovering that nothing is what she thought it was, mm. isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. absolutely everything she thought was real really isn't it's not. what she thinks. But but the writing is at, it's really compelling. It's really Thank I've been you. like just, and it's yeah, it, I haven't read fiction for a long time. Okay. And I think in these times as well, it's quite hard, isn't it? To you know, the world is so stressful, but to sort of just disappear into a world is so lovely to have a a break from your own head <laughs> um so Yawande, who are we remembering today today we're actually remembering my mom right um, and what was her name her name was margarita lucretia oh. rice rice was her father's uh, surname that's a great name <laughs> that is a brilliant name margarita lucretia rice wow i love it wow, wow. and when did she die she died in 2003 okay yeah um, so that was a what you what year are you on now? My maths is terrible. Uh, yes, so yes. So we we were coming up to in another two years. It'll be twenty years, I think. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my math isn't great either, but yeah. 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 We we it, it's it's. I think we're on eighteen years now. I mean, it's funny because I don't I don't count. I always have to count when I, when I'm trying to think of the number, but mm. I I don't I, I somehow especially with my mom somehow I don't count the years. I don't yeah, know whether that's yeah, yeah. A, it's a strange thing. Some people do and some people don't. Yeah. Like I was very fixated on the number for a long time. Mm. And since I passed 20, I've got very like, oh, it's 20 something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before that, I was like, it's 16, it's 17, it's 18. <laughs> but now I'm just like, it was a while ago. Like it's just become a chunk of time. Yeah. But other people often have complete blanks. Yeah. You know, when you ask them, they're like, I don't know. I don't want to know. Yeah. I don't want to sort of have that number hanging over. Yeah. So I think it's a very, yeah, however it manifests in your head. Um, what did she die of? What happened? She had uh, breast cancer. Towards the end of 2001, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. I was actually away at the time, working as an architect or as an architectural student in Europe. We were living yeah. in Cape Town. My parents were in Cape Town. And I got the news over the phone that she'd had this um, diagnosis. And um, it was quite advanced. Um, mm. They went ahead and they... Um, I think she had a single mastectomy and then right. it receded as, as, as cancer tends to do. And then it returned mm. as some cancers do as well. So, so it returned yeah. towards, it went away for about a year, I would say. And then it oh, came gosh. towards the end of 2002. I have a lot of memories of that kind of last 
a Christmas and New Year of my mom's. Yeah. And then she actually passed away on February the 6th. So I always remember that. So my birthday is on mm. the 3rd. And we had my birthday. Um, she went to the hospital that, that evening. So we had the birthday dinner around the hospital oh. bed. And, and three days later, she'd, um, she had passed on. Uh, her birthday would have been on the 19th of February. So she died just before oh. her 50, I think her 58th birthday. If I'm, oh, I'm so right. young, isn't it? Mm. So young. Felt so. Oh, it gosh. really felt so, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Do you think she, she stuck out for your birthday but wasn't bothered about hers? <laughs> it's like, no, I wanted to be for Joanne Days. I mean, that's a very mother thing to think, isn't it? I, I know. Don't know. I don't care. <laughs> I know. I'm I very typical of my mom, but uh, that, yeah, you're right. That is very mother, mother-like. Possibly. Yeah. I never thought of that, to be honest. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> and were you with her when she died? I, I wasn't, which, which haunted me for very long. Mm. Uh, in fact... Strangely, I think in many ways we were all in denial. I have two older brothers right. and my father who's still alive. And I think we were in denial. I think my mom was such a pillar in the family, a very unassuming woman, incredibly quiet, self-sacrificing, but the center of everything. And I think we couldn't fathom. We got she was sick, but like we couldn't fathom yeah. beyond that she was sick. And it was kind of a quick illness in a way and mm. then because it receded in a, in many ways she wasn't sick for long you know she was mm. sick had the op receded and then was sick and in, in three four months had died um wow, yeah. so i mean so i say we were in denial i i was still living at home with my parents at the time my two brothers had kind of left home and they were living in another city so they weren't around and my mm. dad for some i have to ask him had gone on a trip. I don't. I don't know when he left. He was there on my birthday, and by the sixth, he wasn't. And I'm like, what were we thinking? Like, why would yeah. he? So, it's really a story that, and it, as I say, it haunted me a lot. Thinking like, like that stuff haunts you, right? I sh- the should have. Mm. We should have this. Yeah, we should have that. We yeah. should have this. We, and it's like we we should have all been. We should have been standing around her bed, you know, twenty four hours mm. in vigil and. We weren't, you know, I was, I was home and I spent every day with her from, from the time she went into hospital. I would often take her breakfast. So by the sixth, we were into a bit of a rhythm where I would be preparing yeah. her breakfast because the hospital breakfast wasn't that great. And I would take it in for her and then would spend the day. And so I actually, we got a call to the house from the doctor who, um, you know, kept insisting to speak to my dad and I realized what that meant, you know, and right. um, so I was home alone and I called a friend and she picked me up because I couldn't drive and we, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't drive because I was so shaken and yeah. she, um, and we went together to the hospital. Yeah, my mom had, she died early, early on in that morning. I had left her maybe at around 10 p.m. the night before and said, you know, see you tomorrow. So it was, it was that kind of thing and I was grateful that I was there, but I was, you know, I said, oh, I should have spent the night. I should, but you, you just, mm. you don't know. You just don't know. And hindsight knows everything, you know, and foresight know, knows nothing. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> I think and it's so hard as well. I really recognize what you're talking about, like the, the hospital routine, because when you're in it, when it's a time of trauma and stress, anything you can do that makes you feel like, right, okay, that's, we, this is what we're doing. Yes. Like, I know this. I know this. <laughs> yes. And exactly. I remember that, like, when my dad went back into hospital, it was like, right, okay, we get up and then, you know, we have breakfast and we drive and like, we'll go there for this time. Then we'll come back. Like we had a little routine going and I've, I've said this before on the show, but the day that he died, my mum said, we need to go in. And I said, I just want a day off. 
because I was like oh, I've just done this every day like I just wanted to do it and oh. she was like mm, we need to go in and I was like oh okay she said that quite seriously <laughs> okay don't ask any more questions just yeah. like okay um but I think it that routine gives you a sense of security doesn't it because Absolutely. everything else is falling apart Absolutely. so like I take the breakfast, yeah. I can complete and sand and I'll see you tomorrow. That's how I'm coping. I'm yeah. gonna do this thing and that's gonna get us through that. Yeah. And I mean it's it's so hard as well because especially if so I don't know, maybe this is an unfair um you know, I, di- I didn't know her, but if someone is, like you said, sort of just such a solid presence, mm. it's very hard to imagine mm. they won't be fine. Yeah. Like you just can't. Yeah. Your brain won't let you look that open that door yet. We couldn't. You know? We couldn't. I have to. I have to say, we just we couldn't. You know, uh, to to our, to our detriment, I think, in a way that we weren't able to. I think people around us, some of them could, like family, friends, and I remember uh, I was twenty three. I know you were much younger than that. Um, well, it's 23 still young. <laughs> still re- you're still just a baby, really. Yeah. You know, you're only just becoming an adult. And I was a bit of my. They used to call me my mom's handbag. You know, I'm the youngest <laughs> and I'm the only girl. And so my mom and I had that kind of tight relationship. But yeah. I mean, I remember a friend of the family sort of taking me aside one day and kind of saying stuff to me. You know, with again hindsight, I'm like, okay, she was kind of saying your mom's dying. Wow. You know, and yeah. I. I couldn't hear it. I, I really couldn't no. hear it. I didn't. I mean, I understood my mom was very sick and cancer is serious, but we re, we it's it's just what the brain does. I think where it just yeah it just circumnavigates that little detail because it's like I cannot deal with that right now. Sorry. So we're gonna pretend it's, it's so, not there. Yeah, it's so fascinating, isn't it? Because it's so. It's such a two, like two truths at the same time because you do know if someone yes, says to you, yeah. like, "Do you know this person is dying?" You'd be like, "Yes, of course I do. Why are you asking me?" And if like they would say, "And do you think they're going to be fine in like six months?" You'd be like, "Yes, they will." Like you just <laughs> like both those exactly. things exist in your head, yeah. and yeah, like I, you know, it, it, what was it? Marion Keys quoted this really lovely. I think it's Emily Dickinson poem, which mm. was like grief blinds you know so you can only mm. see the light a little bit that is a terrible mm. misquote i will try and remember it better mm. um and it's that thing of like you otherwise you'd be blinded by it yeah. so just you have to see tiny tiny bits uh, of it bef- as really, your brain slowly gets its head around it because yeah. yeah it's such a lot to deal with and especially if you're very close to someone and yeah you know especially i think when diseases that awful thing of like someone gets better you know then yes. it's like well, hey great yes. we don't have to worry everything's yeah. going to be okay yeah. for us like exactly you know exactly. you allow yourself that moment of sort of yeah you know back an alien joy don't you <laughs> yes <laughs> like, you just you just fall into that with, with relief yeah. and gratitude and what you said yeah. about the rhythms i mean it's i remember distinctly because the call came that morning while i was like chopping fruit because she wanted she liked fruit oh. And so yeah, it yeah. was this experience of, like, I'm making breakfast. You know, as, as it's, it's that oh, kind of gosh, sense yeah. of how, how can this have happened? Like, we're doing our yeah. thing. You know, this is what is about to transpire. This, that doesn't make any. You, you must be mistaken. You know, um, that yeah, that course, was the because... feeling, the exact feeling. Yeah, I'm sorry. The truth must dazzle gradually, or every man be blind. That I wanted to get ah, it right because <laughs> I just think that is yeah. And when you're in that. <laughs> You're in your chopping fruit, you're in your routine, yeah, and yeah. it's like, that's what you're clinging. Yeah, because otherwise it, it it's too much, isn't too much. it? And it's just, was so, and your brothers were in a different city as My well. Brothers Did you have to tell them? Yeah, yes. To, I had oh, to gosh. tell, well, hang on, um, let me see. I had to tell my dad, and that call, I must say, I do not have oh, any God. recollection of. 
I think yeah. I think I must have just called and cried, and he understood. Mm. He then told my brothers, and I by the by the afternoon, so they were. I was in Cape Town. They were in Johannesburg. I don't know where my dad was, but it's a two-hour flight, and so you yeah. know, by the afternoon, early evening, everybody had arrived, and and the other people I had to tell, which which I do remember, and was incredibly difficult was was my dad you know he was overcome and he asked if i would call my mom's parents um, oh, who gosh, were still living my, my mom is was bayesian so they were in barbados oh wow and um and so i called i remember I, and i told my grandmother i mean that and that's a call you don't forget actually telling a mother that her daughter's passed on had died so that was oh. that yeah and that i feel like I was an adult that day. It's like I had yeah, to gee, deliver that piece yeah. of message. That is, you can't come back from that. No, no, no. You no. know, you can't be like, I maybe the world is fine and everything will be okay one day. You're like, no, I have seen the truth. Like, I am dazzled. Like, now I'm done. Oh, my goodness me. Yeah. Poor you and your poor grandmother as well. That's just mm-hmm. such a, oh, mm. just sometimes life offers no goodness yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, there's nothing about that that's like well that was it's like oh yeah that's just a really shit thing mm-hmm. oh god did they then fly back over they did then they yes they um, my grand my granddad and my my mom my mom was the oldest um her oh. so my aunt her the youngest her sister so the three of them came came down uh, for the oh. funeral and stayed Stayed for a while after it's a really long flight, but also just stayed with the family for a while. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. They they did come oh, down. Oh gosh. Mm. And how was life after, like you know, that sort of early period after it? How did you? What you know? I I guess I'm sometimes I interview people who are like you know it's been two years or five years and they're still like completely in the headlines ah, yes. of that early grief. Yes. But when you've but when you are when nearly been... twenty, you can sort of yeah you get that like helicopter view of like yeah. what what did what was the way you handled that early grief? I think the my sense of how I handled it was I I was really shell shocked. I, mm. I don't know if this was like I, I don't know if this is like like how it is for everybody, but. And it's that first death, which is it's such yeah. a moribund thing to contemplate, but it's that first death. And everybody's yeah, going to have one, right? Unless it's yeah. yours, then, then you were spared <laughs> <laughs> grieving other people. But, but yeah. it's so shattering mm. be, because you, you're just going along and you, just, you know people die. You know that there's sadness in the world, but you have your family unit. Your, it feels untouchable. And I, yeah. so I think I, like I was just shell-shocked that... My mother could have died. My mother's dead. Yeah. My, my mother is dead. She's gone. How, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think I, there was a lot of, I was, um, I was an architecture student at the time. I was in the middle of my studies and I wanted to, I, I hated architecture. I just need to say for different reasons. Architecture itself is incredible, but I struggled mm. with the school and my teachers. And I wanted to, when my mom died, I wanted to quit I wanted to right, yeah. I just wanted to and my dad was kind of I'd been trying to quit for a long time actually and when she died I was like okay this is it and he yeah I'm dumb he he could be persuaded but certain teachers came to him and appealed to him and said you know you one day is a good student don't let her do this she must work harder and whatever my mom was a town planner she was an urban designer wow. so a friend actually encouraged me to complete my degree in her honor 
which took a while to come to, but I did do that. And I, I, so I, wow. I think I had two more years and I, my entire sense of education changed, you know, when I did it in my mom's honor, when I did it for her, you know, and I, I I'm an architect today. So I, I obviously finished my degree and passed <laughs> and whatever, but I don't think I was going to, I think, I think I was, I wanted to throw it in. And so the grief, the grief, that's one way that the grief showed up, like how to stand on this, you know, rather than be subsumed by it. Um, I was quite a loner, you know, I, I had my brothers, we, we've always been very close, but there's a way in which the grief was so singular for me, the grief experience. Um, yeah. I was very angry. I must say, I was very angry at my father for some reason. I, I oh, well, you got to throw it somewhere. I got to throw it somewhere. Yeah, and I, I thought, <laughs> like I thought you, it was his fault. Do. Yeah, I was like, you, yeah. you should have, you should have saved her. You should have done something. You should have. Yeah. And I think, particularly, I mean, South Africa has an incredible medical system, and her doctors were fantastic. But I think there's often a rhetoric of, you need to take the sick person to, I don't know, some other fancy place that has state of the art. Yeah, yeah. So there was this fantasy that there existed some doctor somewhere that, that, could, have, could, have done that we could have done yeah. something that we didn't yeah. act fast enough that we didn't realize that we didn't you know bring out the bells and whistles that we didn't you know whisk her off to mars um you and my, it's so my dad's much fault because, he didn't do it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should have you should have I've, done that where were you <laughs> i've seen a lot especially I think when people are grieving quite publicly mm. and they might use that anger and they're like, well, you know, doctors need to do this and this needs yeah. to happen. And now I'm so far down the journey. I'm like, you're just grieving. Yeah. Like, but you can see they're they're just looking for yeah. logic yeah. and there isn't That's any. It. That's exactly so they're it. scrabbling. They're like, if we've done this yeah. or they, and obviously, obviously, sometimes there's genuine genuine medical negligence. Of yeah. course, sometimes there's things that you can, you can rail against, but a lot of the time it's just, they died because yeah. people die. Yeah. And that is so hard to accept. To like that take. again. Yeah. I really relate to because I was so angry. I was furious. Mm. Not so much at my mum, although I did like, she had to deal with it. She had to get some. <laughs> I screamed at her. <laughs> um, I didn't blame her, but I definitely screamed at her. And um, it that like you said, that first death is mm. just, mm. you're like, again, I think I really relate to that. I felt like my brain was constantly going, what? Yeah, yeah. What just happened? Yeah. Someone explain what just happened. Like someone make this logical. Someone yeah. sit me down and prove to me why this had to happen. Yeah. And like, this is what life, like I, I, I had not signed up for this. This is not what I thought <laughs> it was going to be like. Yeah. And I'm really annoyed that you all just did this to me. Can we redo um, that please? Can we like, yeah, can, play yeah. It over. I feel like, yeah I feel like I didn't react well and I feel like they died which is not really what I wanted so let's just let's go back start again and you just yeah and you can't and it's it is so hard yeah. it's so hard the finality yeah how did you deal with that anger because you have to go through it yeah. you have to kind of you can't ignore it yeah. what did you what was your process I, I mean I think firstly it took me a while to even acknowledge that I was angry Yes, because <laughs> that's the I, trouble with angry people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just like, and then, and, and when I say a while, I mean, at least several months before it dawned on me that I was angry. And also, I mean, I come, I'm a Yoruba girl. My father's a Nigerian, you know, I'm taught about respect. So I wasn't angry, like screaming at my dad. Or It was, mm. it was, it was like respectful anger. So I, I was seething. It was just, I was just, mm. I was upset and I was angry with him and which is probably even more dangerous anger because it, it yeah. then goes other places versus just be expressed. But I didn't really have a way to express that with my dad. But over time, and, and I mean, it, 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 I also, 
I stumbled upon a community of people who had friends and and kind of acquaintances that helped me see maybe like the odd person who would point out you know okay it <laughs> seems like something's going on there what is that and yeah. what then happened afterwards that helped me deal with the anger is um in a strange way and this is that strange equation when people die in a strange way my relationship to my dad and my brothers was kind of half and mm. my mother my relationship with my mother was very full mm. and i think a lot of the healing and the dealing with the anger came in becoming friends and acquainted with my with my dad i i think one of the things i realized was he's a stranger and in many ways my dad is an academic we lived in nigeria he'd left many years before because of the political situation in nigeria he's right, a writer yeah, himself yeah. and so from when i was 8 we never lived together as a family till we then moved to south africa when i was 12 fine now sort of 12 11 years had passed but he he was a bit of a stranger to me and um yeah. i had to get to know him and also my brothers i had to connect with them like get have intimacy with them really the, mm. the you know and that was missing and a lot of that happened after you're missing that facilitator aren't you because mums are pretty good at that precisely and there is that like conduit exactly oh, they'll tell that person they'll do that exactly. and you have to reform you have to reform yourself as a dynamic yeah. as a unit as a family yeah. and it's a it's a painful shift yeah. you know Very. it's not easy yeah. and um I mean so you know you have small children and I again I've said this before like it reminds me of like when you have a child and that unit has to shift again because you're like well now there is more than two of yes. us how do we how, how do, do we get ready in the morning yeah. like how do we eat how do we cope <laughs> how do we with this go anywhere <laughs> how do we go how do we leave the house like there's so much stuff and it's this, it, I always say it's like absence versus presence mm. you know a child is a presence that you're having to like sort of shift your body back like whoa there's a new thing here <laughs> and then an absence of that person it's like yeah. it's like a hole you fall into isn't it and you're like yeah. oh I, i there's normally a thing that i can yeah. put my yeah where's the hook gone exactly. i normally put my coat here exactly. but it's not That's such a good way of yeah but i never put my coat over there guys <laughs> and it would feel yeah and you're having to so much stuff has to be rebuilt and i yeah. think that's you know testament to you and your dad and your brothers that you yeah. that you want you all wanted to do that yeah. and you were willing to put I mean, the work in because it's hard yeah it is yeah hard. and i think hard. a lot of people that's where families fall apart because mm. they it, it's too painful mm. to reform mm. it's too much nobody wants it they want it to be like it was yeah. you know and yeah yeah that that's really that's a lot and i think you're right that is how you not not you know because the, the, the anger is a thing it doesn't ever you know it comes and it goes it's yeah. not like you magic away but it is part of the healing i suppose of the wound isn't it of like yeah. okay who 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 am i who's left yeah. what who's here what are we who's here and yeah. that's a tough one i mean and and this is something hard to say i mean my dad's an amazing man and i i love him to bits but at the time it was like the wrong one died Yeah. And I almost don't want to say that because I know it's 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 a serious thing to say, but it was a bit like how how are we going to continue? Yeah. Like, how how are you and I yeah. like we don't and I was at home. My brothers had left already so mm. it really was that that which was him and I. And, yeah, and I yeah. don't think you're alone, alone in thinking that. I've had other guests say say things like that of like the one that the one that you knew would look after you the one that you knew would be there the one that you could rely on if that one goes yeah 
it's hard yeah. it's hard yeah. and that's not um like you said it 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 doesn't mean that's unsolvable or you yeah. can't forge a new relationship and all that yeah. stuff but yeah like i think it's good to be honest like that is yeah. you know and i definitely i've said this on the show as well like i was i am much closer to my mum my dad and i had quite a complicated relationship and when he died there was definitely a part of me that was like oh okay well i mean this is mm, awful but yeah. my mum is still here like yeah. the person who like sorts all shit out yeah, yeah. like okay <laughs> and she would always say to us she'd always go you're lucky it wasn't the other way around she was like god knows what he would have done and i was like yeah like he would have it would have been really yeah. oh my god like you sort of see that alternative world you're like oh god like there would have been no no school uniforms no getting you know all of that stuff yeah which you know the parallel not universe yeah so i think it's it's good to be honest about that and again yeah. it doesn't mean you don't love him and yeah. have built a brilliant relationship but it's it's very hard when you have that parent that you are close to and yeah. understands you and yeah. all of that stuff yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to Griefcast with Carrie Ad Lloyd. So you found your way, yeah, you know, by reforming that relationship. Did you, have you written about it, like, for a while? Because, I mean, there's stuff, like, obviously, in the book yes. that is about, yes. not, you know, it's a very different situation in yes. the book. It's very fictionalised yes. for what you're talking about. Yes. But did you always turn to writing? I, I, let me think, 23. Um, I did. I did always turn to writing. In fact, one of the things, I, I wanted to leave architecture and to study English the way I'd always wanted to do, you know, and my parents wow. had said, no, do something more sensible. So um, I'd always wanted to write. Uh, my father's a writer. My, my mom was a reader. Yeah. You know, I'd grown up around uh, stories and books. And so I, I, I did, and I, I journaled. I used to journal a lot. And I think that, I think that that helped. I don't have any evidence of what I was writing at the time. Much yeah, later, yeah. though, when I started writing, I have put... I, I feel particularly obsessed with death and mothers. And I think mm. through all this, my third novel, I mean, I think through all my writing, the mother and, and also death are kind yeah. of permeate. And so in some ways it was almost like baptized 
by that experience of, of my mom mm -hmm. dying and forever compelled by both of these things, sometimes in the same, you know, sometimes those two themes collapsed or sometimes even separated. Um, yeah. I had this very interesting experience of my, my dad eventually moved cities and I packed up the home, the family home, wow. which I, initially I was annoyed that I was the one stuck with that job. I, yeah. I think I was <laughs> yeah. 25 or 24. But it, it, towards the end, I, I was such a blessing to do that. Mm. And there were things like there were report cards from when my brothers and I were really young. But there was also my mom's wedding dress. There oh. was, I found a bag um, with my mom's hair you know, oh. which is obviously it had fallen out. I wasn't there when her, her hair fell out. And I guess she, so I don't know what happened in other words, but yeah. um, when she was doing chemo and she did radiation as well. And, and she put it in a, in, a, in a bag and it was in the, in the back of a, a cupboard, you know, and oh. I found these things. And that was another layer of, of grieving and also just, just rich kind of imagery and experience and feeling that, that is that for me is is very valuable in my own process mm. in my writing um and in, in how i experience life so mm. so i mean i i feel like writing saves me all the time um writing and reading yeah yeah it's so interesting i thought the phrase you use there like it sort of baptizes you i think it's so interesting because i'm the same like dad's always come up in all my writing <laughs> and like the conflict yeah dad's death yeah not like the frustration of not understanding someone but having nothing like no way to fix it yes like that's yeah, something exactly. i keep coming back to of it being yeah huh. it's an impossible like there's nothing that can be done to solve this thing because yeah, they're not there and i think you're right it's something when something hits you so viscerally you're constantly trying to like yeah rewrite history and go yeah. back and try and like what we talked about redo it the yeah. thing that you don't get to do you get to do in writing yeah. you get to redo it Precisely. and be like what if this had happened what if this had happened but what an extraordinary thing to go through the house and find that stuff that yeah. must have been so simultaneously heartbreaking and also heart healing in yeah. a way to be yeah. like oh i get this i get this i get to have this moment exactly. even though she's not here she is here with me right now exactly yeah it was it was really and it was eerie and um i mean i also found i had given my mom a like a journal book um mm. when she i don't know if she was ill already i think i, I can't oh no i must have given her for, for christmas that last christmas mm. of hers and she'd written in it a little bit and oh. i found that book you know she and she'd written different things some were like just accounts of a day some were recipes mm. some were talking about being ill or so I, I I also found that, you know, I think these are things that I just, that's why I was so grateful that I had yeah. that experience in the end to have a sense of a person through what they've left. And maybe in a way, that's part of what in unusual grief, the idea of yeah. the main character, Mojisola, having the stuff that's left behind and trying to make sense of what a person leaves behind. Mm. Um, so So a lot of, there's a lot of richness in that for me. I, I recall also that there was no space in the house, so I put a lot of things in boxes and I put them out in the garden. And then it rained and everything got oh. rained on. Oh, no. And I thought, well, oh, that, no. that also felt pretty profound. Like, okay, you know, it's also <laughs> you just stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's, you know, and 
So it was it was a real sort of point for me. Um, but as you yeah, say, this thing of how was the grief for me, what I'm trying to think is when, because it was acute for a very long time. Yeah. And then it's yeah. like, when did it stop? It doesn't, I mean, I still kind of can be moved to tears and miss my mom and mm. grieve, grieve, grieve her, the loss. But there's probably a time when it stopped being like sharp really sharp yeah. but I, I would say years several years oh yeah mm. yeah and it's so it's so hard on the show when I interview people who are as I say fresh and they're like I'll be like wow you know 20 20 years was really tough and they're like what I thought by five this would be kind of done and you're like oh no like <laughs> and you can see their faces being like oh no like because of course you're thinking well I mean I can't be and it what I always try and say is like you're, you're never as you know it does change you're yeah. not weeping all the time yeah. like that's not what grief is yes it just is a very long slow process yeah. and I, I totally know what you're saying I found it the acuteness which is such a good word mm. for about five years yeah. it was very yeah. very very sharp very very raw yeah. and then after about five years it, it softened a little bit so I could maybe talk about it without like mm. un- unable to speak yeah. and then it just morphs into something else and I like you know it's so hard to when you're at the start of that journey it's so hard to understand what that means because you're like what do you mean <laughs> this is the work like how is this gonna like get easier and you're like I don't know it just does yeah. it just it's like how does your hair grow you know like it just <laughs> yeah it just does that's what it does and you don't you don't have to think about it it just kind of happens yeah. and yeah did you um did you seek counselling? Did you go down? Did you do any therapy or anything about like that road or of it? At the time, I didn't seek counselling, but like I was t- alluding to, I kind of fell into. I don't know. I I, I was at a certain pl- a teacher of mine that I'm remembering now, an architecture teacher, um, who knew my mom and who I kind of clung to, uh, for dear life, introduced me to a kind of a some some a philosophy let's say and it was a group right, of people yeah. following that philosophy and so I, I we would gather we would meet in groups and through those meetings and connections and conversations it was very therapeutic so i think i wasn't yeah. I, in fact i went to therapy much later for other reasons and and some other yeah. stuff came up later but yeah, it, yeah. immediately i didn't i think just culturally it wasn't something and i was young right. and i probably couldn't afford it and um but that community that I stayed in for almost a decade was incredibly helpful with confronting the anger, forging relationship with my dad and my brothers, forgiving myself because somehow I thought, like I had this image that if I had camped beside my mom's bed, yeah. she'd be alive. You know, of course the child, I'm still fine. And it's like, yeah. I can save my mom and realizing, you know, that that's just not the case and giving, give, like, forgiving myself because I think I was angry at my dad, I was also angry at myself. Um, I mean, that's the biggest truth, isn't it? Mm. Like, I, I completely, I was so angry at everyone else, but I was really angry at myself. Mm. And it's like the most, like, you know, psychology 101. But you're like, <laughs> it takes so many years to get there, don't yeah. you? Like, oh, it's me. I'm furious <laughs> at myself. Oh God. oh, God. I thought it was everyone else's fault. I was like, thank God it's not my fault. Thank God. And then you're like, oh. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you're just angry at yourself for yeah. the things you didn't do or yeah. you didn't say. And, yeah. and it's so, you know, you, when you're young as well, when you don't, you know, you haven't lived a lot of life. Mm. You have this is mm. this is big life stuff. Mm. This is adult things mm. that you're like, I don't know, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> it's like someone talking like I don't know, I always compare it to like mortgage or something. You know, someone starts talking about like really big like finance stuff or something like, Oh, I should know 
I should know what this is, isn't it? But I don't really know I what anyone's no talking about. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, nod and nod. And it's like that thing of like when somebody says they're dying and especially mm. with cancer, you know, mm. my dad had cancer and mm. you just don't know a lot. You, you, you know, you just know the words. You don't really know what the treatments are and yeah. you suddenly have to like fall into like as if you're a doctor and understand yeah. these things. But really you're... You're just playing catch up the whole time, so of course up. that that anger at yourself is it. Ta- that's again like that's also what takes years yeah. to forgive yourself. To, to just forgive go, myself. You did your best, you know. Yeah, like, it's like I want. I think one of the main things I was angry about is I wished I was more awake. Yeah, I th- and that's I, such I, a good way it, of putting it. Yeah, it's like, and I think back, and I mean the doctors bless them. I mean I don't know if they use the same terminology with you. I, I'm not sure. Maybe it was a little different with your dad, but like they would often, because I would go with my mom to appointments and stuff, and they were saying things like, um, what's the way they say it, quality of life or something. Like they say, uh, yeah, there's a thing yeah. they say which is like signal for this isn't about living yeah. like this is you yeah, know you yeah. need to enjoy and like we missed that <laughs> you know and yeah. I, I so I think the the anger of myself was like why was I so asleep and the extra anger was that my mother somehow deserved somebody more awake beside her like somebody yeah. who could say I think you're dying you know anything you want to, what anything you want to do anything you want to say yeah we we, we didn't have those conversations and I wonder if she knew which yeah. is which kills me. I wonder if she knew yeah. and just realized we weren't there with her, you know, and had to be that by herself, which is it it's got me yeah. at the throat. That it's just it's mm. the big one for me. It's and I, I forgive myself now, but but it's yeah if I had to do it again. If I had to do it again. But then the other thing I'd say is I wonder if she knew <clears throat> and she didn't want to talk about it. You know exactly. Like you never that's know. the thing, you isn't know. it? You never know. You never know. And it's we do this maths in our head of like again, so my dad didn't talk about it. We didn't have any big like, hey, this is happening, let's have yeah. the no. He was like, Oh well next week I'll be doing this and we need to book a flight and oh. we were like, oh, okay. Complete denial. And I was so angry that we didn't have those moments. Yeah. And it took me um it took me therapy and she said to me one week, she was like, you know, how much how many drugs was he on by this point? And I was like, I pfft probably yeah. quite a lot yeah and you you know and like you don't know whether cancer is in their body at that point and mm. whether they just don't want to talk about it and it like that's what yeah. i was so angry for so long like why didn't you want to talk like you were the grown-up yeah. you should have talked about it <laughs> but i think you're right like this idea of being awake and asleep it's yeah it's it's because awake and asleep again that's quite good it's a really good word because mm. when you are asleep you can't wake yourself up you like can't. things it's wake you up is, you yes. can't like it's just as like you're you're out yeah. and you know you can't be like oh i'm going to wake up <laughs> it's not what happens yeah. and it is only when life slaps you in the face yeah. and that's when like death is such a thing like you said you wait you suddenly are like wow yeah. okay oh my god i know what's happening now they've died i get it i get okay, it yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah but it's there's nothing you can do you mm. can't Mm. you can't make that process and it's sort of part of being human you mm. just can't beat or control that process mm. it's not up to you yeah. but as so much of the rest of our life is up to us yeah so it's so deceptive. hard to keep yeah deceptive mm. it's so deceptive but mm. i think you're right that um that's a very good way of talking about it being and i do think i really do think especially now i'm a parent of mm. like what don't you want them to see you know like what you know and there's a yeah we talk a lot on the show about um and this is i've talked to palliative care doctors who've said this 
you'll have people who do vigils, like they do not leave, they're by the bedside. Mm. They go for a cup of tea and the person dies. And they're like, oh my God, but like, I've been yeah. here the whole time. Or yeah. they, they go home for one shower, they're like, yeah. come on, nothing's happening, yeah. and they die. Yeah. And um, a mm. doctor said to me once, she was like, either they wait or they wait till you've gone. Like that seems wow. to be like, either they wait till someone, like someone's flying in, they wait, they get wow. there, they die, or they, sure. because they, they don't want that person to be there yeah. Yeah. because they don't want them to see yeah. it. Yeah. And I think sometimes sure. it's like, we're so, uh-huh. we're so focused on like, oh no, but I would have, yes. I would have wanted me, to me. be there. <laughs> yeah, 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 like maybe they didn't want you to be there. Like they were like, <laughs> yeah. you know, exactly. it's, um, that's true. Yeah, but obviously, who knows? Who knows? But I do think it's interesting sometimes to sort of allow yourself that. If you allow yourself the side where you're the you're the bad person, yes, <laughs> who did all the things wrong, <laughs> you have to allow yourself the other side where yeah. you're like, well, what if this is what they wanted, and yeah. actually I did everything right, and they're both grace. true, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's definitely. That's true. And now, now you are a mother of two yes. small twins. <laughs> Yes. Boy twins, which obviously you deserve a medal just for that in itself. <laughs> like that is hundred percent. Was that a difficult transition to becoming a? We've talked about it on the show before becoming a mother when you mm. don't have your own mother. Was that? Did that bring up a lot of stuff, or were you sort of okay by the time that happened? I think it brought up because this is what's interesting. Yeah, it brought up stuff, and I've noticed how at different times the grief, if if it's a map, if it's like a gra- a graph, you know, the grief is kind of. There yeah. and then, beep, it, you know, it, yes, because yeah, something yeah, yeah. happened. Suddenly, so whoa! My granddad yeah. died. He died first, and then my grandmother died. And one of the oh. things that used to happen around the time my grandmother died is I'd often say my mother died, and then I say oh. I mean my grandmother, and I, oh, it, it wow. felt like it, when things like that happen, there's this conflation, you know, of, yeah. of the grief and the the loss. Um, with obviously with the birth of my sons, that that's not a loss. So very strange feeling because there's so much joy and I had a bit of a long journey to motherhood and it it wasn't an easy process for me but something I really wanted and when it happened I think I just missed my mother in a different way you know it's like I missed her differently and I and I keep thinking if she were here I I can't help thinking if she were here if she were here it's added a different layer I think to the to the relationship and the sense of the sense of loss Mm. um and I, feel, I think the other thing I often think is, oh, I wish you guys knew her. I can tell them about her, obviously. But I'm like, yeah. oh, your grandma, <laughs> you know. So those are Definitely. the things. And I think that's another thing that's hard to explain until you've lived it, um, that the grief evolves, that the grief changes. Because when you're sort of at the beginning, your, your life doesn't normally change that much. Yeah. Or some people does, but when something really yeah. massive like you know becoming a parent or you know I don't know moving countries or someone else dying, yeah. like really huge things, and then the grief, like you said, just suddenly you're like, oh, I thought I knew you. Oh, what's this? Exactly. <laughs> like I thought we like we knew we got each other. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is some new <laughs> sadness I have to deal with, and it's just you get you get very used to that. Like you said, the kind of like the sudden lips on the graph of like mm. oh here we go mm. but it is um i know i've spoken to a lot of women particularly about mm. mothering without a mother and mm. there is the amazing hope edelman who does the motherless mothers oh, wow. which is kind that. of like yeah I'll, I'll send you a link yeah. um she wrote a book about it and she has a lot wow. of online stuff and groups and wow. 
yeah, it's a very specific process to go through something that you know your mother did for you and now yes. you're having to navigate it alone. And I, yeah. I do think it's worth like, yeah, sort of being kind to yourself in that process. And mm-hmm. and I think, yeah, the, the constant refrain, isn't it, of a um, bereaved person, if they were here, <laughs> what would, oh, they yes. would have, they would have. And I think sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's easy, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. you could smile. That's what's quite nice when you get the really lovely, oh, I can imagine them laughing at yes. this and really enjoying Reveling, this. Reveling, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, yeah, you just have to find your, allow space for that, I suppose. Allow space for the happy memories and the sad memories. Yeah. But it's not easy. Yeah, <laughs> it's not yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. Um, and so, in fact, some, some of the therapy I then have done as in my 30s and in my late 30s have, have been around becoming a mother, you know, mm. and... Um, just checking, you know, checking all the corners. To, to yeah. with, I mean, our children themselves would need therapy no matter how hard we try, but it's like, yeah, yeah, let yeah. me give them new stuff. Let me give them new, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, not the old stuff. Let's, let's close the old patterns. Yeah, um, sure. Look, I've got some brand new problems for yeah, you guys. Like, oh my God, you wait. You wait. And I don't know how to handle them because I didn't grow up with this. So there you go. Oh, wow. Um, Yuande, thank you so so much for talking to me thank it was so you. lovely thank about you. your wonderful mother margarita and um the book an unusual grief is out now it's absolutely wonderful and as clear-sighted as everything you've said here as well so i i can't recommend it enough thank you Yoande's book, An Unusual Grief, is available to buy now. You can also follow her on Twitter at Yomotoso, that's Y-O-M-O-T-O-S-O. And her other books, Bomboy and The Woman Next Door, are also available to buy now. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Griefcast. The show was recorded remotely um, with Yoande in South Africa, me in London. I know there is a little bit of background noise. Um, Sorry about that. We were both dealing with uh, children at home and various outdoor noises, which we couldn't do anything about. So apologies if you could hear lots of music and banging and things going on. The show was edited by Kate Holland. Music was provided by The Glue Ensemble, artwork by Jade Perkin. And remember... You are not alone. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.